0: Ayurveda, the traditional Indian system of natural health care, continues to gain a worldwide upsurge of scientific, medical, and popular interest. Dr. Tony Nader, MD, PhD, an MIT and Harvard-trained neuroscientist, and patron of the International Maharishi Ayurveda Foundation, met with medical doctors from 15 countries on five continents to discuss the impact of Ayurveda on heart health, arthritis, hormone balance, aging, and other chronic disorders. The three-day conference, hosted in Leiden, Netherlands, focused on the prevention of disease through this natural method of healthcare.
1: It's an honor and a joy to be with you and explore this science of life that is very, very ancient and now becoming very modern as more and more research explores this area of health, which brings fullness of life and the development of the full potential of the individual and society. Great gratitude to, and thanks to the organizers for allowing this East and West to meet again and now in a universal platform of knowledge and understanding. Ayurveda is a term which is familiar with most of us. and. It comes from Ayu as a root of a term that can mean life, life duration, or lifespan, And Ved, which means knowledge, total knowledge. There is a huge literature of Veda that has been brought to us through the millenniums in the past by a tradition, a Vedic tradition. We call it the holy tradition of Vedic masters. And in this scientific age, Marshi has presented this knowledge in a scientific platform, wanted it to be analyzed and studied with the most modern scientific uh, approaches to understanding health and physical well-being and mind and body relation and social aspects of life and the applications of all of this to create a healthy society. His Holiness Marshi Maheshogi is the person, the teacher, the guru, the wise sage from whom I have learned everything that I know in this area. He has compiled all the Vedic literature as a perfect science of life. We can see here 40 aspects. These used to be considered as separate and independent and Marshi has shown how they together work to create a wholeness which can develop the full potential of life in every area. This chart shows Atma on the top. Atma means the self, the inner being, the field of consciousness. And it shows Brahma in the bottom level, which is wholeness, totality, of all that is absolute and all that is relative. And it shows how through the development of all these areas in one's life, One gets to realize on the level of awareness that every individual is cosmic, is truly universal, and that everything that is needed to live a life in happiness, in fullness, and even in perfection is available in the human physiology, as we will discuss in a few minutes. As you see here, this includes yoga, for example, which is very familiar, and Ayurveda is actually nine out of these different aspects. They are part of what is called the supportive Veda or Veda, supporting the main four Vedas which are the fields of science. What Marshi has shown also is that this is not only a knowledge of intellectual importance as a philosophy or as a science, but it has a practical value to it to actually develop the physiology and the mind even through the use of sound itself and in most profound level in the transcendental value which is to go beyond the changing fields to the inner self, the inner being which develops the full potential from the level of the self. This led Marci to create Vedic science and technology and that is why we refer to Ayurveda and the specific values of total knowledge of VED as Maharshi Ayurveda. And the range of human life that is covered by Maharshi Ayurveda includes consciousness, the field of being, the self, ego, the intellect, the mind, the senses, the body, the environment, and the entire universe. In this conference, There is a focus on one aspect of this knowledge which is very profound and very powerful and that is the pharmacology aspect, the aspect of using plants and herbs and food to cure disease and also for prevention and creating health. In Ayurveda, this is called dravyaguna, or the knowledge of these different values, and it has many aspects of its pharmacology that have been studied and have really used, even since ancient times, a very scientific approach where the analysis of the dravyas, which are, you know, we can broaden that definition to include plants, herbs, different substances, diets, drugs, and including their value and effects on taste, on their specific properties, what are their active principles or ingredients, and how they get transformed in the physiology, and then their potency and their actions in different ways. I'm sure during this conference many of these aspects will be elabor- elaborated in great detail, so it is just a general introduction. What I like to add is something that usually is forgotten uh, because we are in the modern times very anxious about what is the active ingredient and how it works and how we can isolate it in order to make it more potent is the effect of the structure and function of individual components of everything that is food, plants, drugs, etc. Of course every component Every active ingredient is important, but more than that is also the combination of their components, the structure of relationship between different active ingredients. So when you take a medicine, for example, mostly it is isolated single component. When you take a plant, it has many, many components in it, and these components act together Some of them are able to counteract potential negative effects of other components, yet allow those individual active ingredients to be very effective at the same time. And so we have never to forget the combination of various components, and that is because nature is intelligent. We have been made out of nature. We are, if you like, if you want to create it as the process of evolution, and the plants and the herbs and the foods are also made out of the same nature. And so we kind of have a very close relationship with nature itself and with its ingredients. And that's why if you use the whole intelligence of nature available in the plants and herbs, we are more likely to have a nourishing value that is very important. Ultimately, it's consciousness that is being targeted. The reality of life in the Vedic tradition is that all is consciousness. That is the ultimate Vedantic approach, that consciousness is what becomes matter. Therefore, it's all related to consciousness. So even the herbs, their individual components, their combinations of components, they are also talking to the intelligence within the physiology and actually influencing the physiology through the intelligence. Because in Ayurveda we take into consideration not only the specific disease that is being addressed but the entire individual, the entire health and balance of the individual and individual functioning. And since we all have some general similarities, but also our individuality, the effects of the herbs, which also are generally plants, we can say, but they have their own specificities, then we have to combine the specific values that are in the individual with the specific values that are present in the herbs. So it's not only treating disease, it's treating the individual. Is looking at an individual, the balance within the individual functioning, the conditions of time and season, and situation in which the individual is present, in order to give a treatment that is very specific for the individual. And not only individual physiology, but also groups of individuals, which create culture and society, and including the environment, what time of the year, what kind of environment it is. This is why you have in the world different cultures, different ways of living, different approaches. And all of these have to be understood and targeted when we think of treating disease and preventing illness. And that is what Ayurveda does. It's really, truly holistic and ultimately it's the consciousness of the individual that is being connected, if you like, with the consciousness within the plants and the food and the herbs that have to be made harmonious and holistic for the creation of perfect health. This chart shows all these values from society through the individual, being made out of the different aspects of individual life, which include organs, cells, tissues, and then molecules, this is where the plants act in a complex way and then reaching the value of what is called in modern physics of the unified field which is the source of all of these surface values and I'm sure during the conference this will be alluded to and this is where we have transcendental meditation which is a technique brought to light by Marshi that develops all of these values simultaneously It's like the source of life, and you're enlivening the source, then all of these other aspects are enlivened. So even while we are using plants and herbs and food, we want the field to be ready. So it's not just putting the seeds in the field, but the field has to be prepared. And the field is our human body, our human mind. And there is a technologies from mental techniques and yoga and transcending and mental approaches that prepare the field, prepare the individual to be most receptive and most capable of improving and ameliorating their health. Ayurveda says that as is the atom, so is the universe, as is the body, so is the cosmic body. And this brings the importance of consciousness again and these different values that are Vedic aspects that have been brought to light by Maharshi, the different Ayurvedic values, have been researched and have been found to correlate with the human physiology. Which means these texts of the Veda have actually a direct correlation with anatomy, modern anatomy and modern physiology. The time does not allow to go through these details, but just as an example, the book of Yoga has four chapters. Each chapter has a theme and has a number of subdivisions within it. It corresponds to the function of the brain which associates and unifies. Yoga means to unify, to put together. And the part of the human nervous system which unifies and puts together is the association fibers inside the brain. And if you look at these, they are divided into four divisions that correspond exactly in their function and structure to the four chapters of yoga. And even if you look at their subdivisions, you can find that the sutras of yoga are actually present in these specific parts of the brain that perform different functions. In such a way, All the Vedic literature is like this. This is an example of Nyaya, another aspect of the Vedic literature which is inside the brain and the thalamus. It has the same divisions and subdivisions into great details as the human physiology. Even taking the book such as the Ramayana, which is a great part of the Vedic literature, a very important aspect, that tells a story about a king that went and did all kinds of feats and activities, if you translate it into physiological terms, you find actually that you can see an exact correspondence. Even, for example, the physical things such as what is talked about as a bow and an arrow, represents this vertebral column with the arrows being the nerves going out of the vertebral column and shooting different targets in the physiology. And if you look at it carefully, it's not just a surface analogy, but actually the events that happen in the Ramayana correspond to physiological developments and physiological events in the human body in a very precise and amazing way. In such a way that I was able to, under Maharishi's guidance, to even chart every artery in the body with a specific character in the Vedic literature and a specific character in the Ramayana. And here they are, and it's not haphazardous, Because in the Vedic literature it is said, this person has so many children, this person has so many things and they happen to correspond to the number of branches of the arteries, the way they branch and the way they develop. You can find even the characters that are in the Ramayana in the different parts of the body. This one shows the different trishis and where they are in the human physiology in a very precise way this tells us that we have in the veda in the vedic literature the blueprint which actually has become our physiology so we have the intelligence that has become matter in human body so from intelligence to matter there is not such a big huge difference and if we can target the levels of intelligence and we have the knowledge through Ayurveda and the Vedic literature, we can truly create a very healthy individual and develop the full potential of the individual. So Ayurveda is for prevention and cure, not just for cure. It is a science of wholeness, a science of consciousness, It is a health science, not just a science of disease. And the purpose of Ayurveda, the full purpose, is to develop the full potential of the individual and create a disease-free
0: society. Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.